together again on a Sunday morning. Lord, with those of like precious faith who have gathered with one purpose, and that's to worship you. Lord, we know that we couldn't do that of our own selves, but Lord, you've made us worthy today. By your blood, you've cleansed us from every sin. We're not what we were, Lord. We're, we're changed. We've been reborn. And we thank you for that. Lord, you deserve all the glory and the honor and the praise for that. This service is about you, Lord. Would you just come and, Lord, just, we want you to be here. Lord, we know we have needs among us, but more than that, we want to worship you, Lord. We want to give you what what you deserve, Lord. To, To give back, Lord, something. Lord, what little we could. We can't repay you for what you've done, Lord, but we can, we can stand in the house of God and pay our vows to you. I pray you'd grant it today. Lord, if there's one sick here this morning, I pray that you'd heal them. Move me out of the way and speak through lips of clay. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5, and we'll read verses 1 through 7. While you're turning there, I'll say it's good to be here today. And thank you to Brother Tim for allowing us to come and for giving us the right hand of fellowship and I want to bring greetings from the Word of Life Tabernacle in Hardy and from the folks there. Some of them wanted to come, but were unable to this morning. But I'm sure some of them will be watching as their service ends this morning. It's good to have my wife and, and my mother here as well. Not sure she's my biggest fan, but, but it's close right up there. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. Thank you to Brother Timothy. He's been a lifelong, I say a lifelong, longtime friend of mine. And uh, Brother Aaron and Sister Lydia for the hospitality this weekend. And we just had a good time yesterday. I know they were trying to feed me and embarrass me today because I wouldn't be able to preach after I ate that much. But but it didn't happen. We're here. The presence of the Lord is here. He said he would be. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. So we, we've got, we got that, we got that done this morning. Amen. Amen. Revelations chapter 5. In verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book. He fought the battle. Aren't you glad for that? He hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. I want you to notice this. Having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. I pray the Lord would add his blessing to the word this morning. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on protecting the rights of the lamb. 
Everybody thinks they have rights today. We live in an age of rights. Uh, Laodicea was the, the age of people's rights. That's what the name means. Today we have people's rights, human rights, gay rights, women's rights, animal rights. I read in one place where a court declared that an orangutan in Argentina had rights. He had the right to be free. It was the worst day of that orangutan's life. Because once you let him go, what's he going to do? He's used to being fed. We have a dog at home that has, thinks he has rights. He's got more rights than I do. And get off the couch. And, and, and he gets babied and gets fed. Doesn't have to work. Doesn't have to do anything to provide. But, you know, we all, have, we all think we have rights. But I want to tell you this morning, and I guess this, this message came to me as I was studying on the breach and things Brother Branham said about that. And I'm getting tired of people telling me that we don't have the right because it's not our right that we're protecting. Well, you don't have the right to worship God. You don't have the right uh, to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't have the right to preach, the right to, to have church and, and to really love God with all your heart and, and to be on fire for God. You don't have the right to do that. Well, I'm tired of hearing that because I'm not here this morning defending the rights of a man, but I'm here this morning defending the rights of the Lamb. That's what we're to do is to protect his rights. So Brother Branham tells us that Laodicea is the people's rights or justice of the peoples. And he talked about that, that church age that has seen nations rising up and demanding equality socially and financially. He said this is the age of the communists. And we've seen that, haven't we? This is the age of the communists where all men are supposedly equal but only in theory. And, and so he talked about liberal theologians that said that Jesus was a socialist and, and the early church practiced socialism and we ought to do that today. But it's, it's an, an illusion of rights that people have today. And, and, and actually what they get is their rights taken away from them. But Brother Bram goes on to say in every attribute, ancient Laodicea is found reborn in the, in the Laodicean age. And I believe we can see that today. Everybody thinks they have rights, but I don't think everybody understands what rights are. What, what, what is a right? A right is a legal, social, or ethical principle of freedom or entitlement. It's something that, that, that you have that is allowed to you or owed to you according to either a legal system or perhaps because of just who you are. In fact, in our country, we have certain rights that are given to us as citizens. And, and it was Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, who said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Right, right. It's an important phrase because it means that the right can't be taken away. Right. That if a government tries to take away an unalienable right, it means that the government is wrong. And that government should be abolished. And so we have rights in what he said was to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And that government is created. We, we form governments to protect those rights. Yeah, right. But when the government goes to infringe on those rights, uh -huh. he went on to argue that if government failed to protect those rights, that it should be abolished. Right. Now let me just say this at the outset this morning. Any church system that fails to protect the right of the lamb that fails to protect what he died for he died so you and i could be here this morning 
He died for somebody who would, who would love him with all of his heart. Somebody that would worship him with all that they had. Somebody that would preach the truth. Somebody that would live it in an age that has that gone crazy. He died for somebody and he bought those rights for you and I. I want to stand for his rights today. Are you with me this morning? I want to stand for his rights. Amen. Now look, any church system that fails to protect that should be abolished. That's a strong statement, but it's the truth. There are legal rights. In America, we have the Bill of Rights. A legal right is a right that's written down. And, and we, they've agreed and made it law that it should be the right of the land. In America, we have the Bill of Rights. And what they did in the Constitution is they limited what the government could do. But then in the Bill of Rights, they said that's not enough. The early uh, founding fathers realized that that was not enough, that there had to be rights beyond that, that there would be a, a right to actually, that would be, uh, would be told us that we would know what our rights are. And so they specified certain things that we could have and certain things that could not be done to us. And I'm thankful for those rights today because the very first one is freedom of religion. The government shall not infringe on the right of the people. Uh, and so it goes on down and it goes through the, the first 10 amendments there. You can find all kinds of different rights. Now think about it. What would you do if someone's come and begin to take one of those rights away? Now many of you hunt. Maybe not people that are here this morning. Maybe they're out hunting, but... But if you're streaming today in the deer stand, many people hunt. <laughs> this weekend is the first weekend of hunting season in Arkansas, if you didn't know that. And, and so I know that, that people do that. What if they took your right away to hunt? How would you feel? How would you respond to that? I'll tell you how some of you would respond to that. You'd take up arms. Huh? You'd march in the street. You'd, you'd be on the picket line. You'd pick up your sign and you'd say, no, I'm not going to let you take my rights. You'd show up to vote in person, whether it was convenient or not. Oh, I wish people realized what kind of a, a, a right that we've been given as Christians. We ought to show up in the house of God to vote. Amen. I'm going to stand for my right to have church. I'm going to stand for my right to be a Christian. I don't, I want my children. I want to be able to pass those rights on to my children. The ones that the, if the Lord tarries another 20 years, I want them to know what the presence of God is like. I want them to know what the spirit of God fills the people. I want them to hear the word clearly. I want them to know what having a pastor is like, what being in a, a real church is like. And I'm tired of people said, telling us that, that's, that we're just standing for our rights. No, it's God's rights. Yeah. Written in the word for us. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all going to kill me this morning. <laughs> now, you have a legal right written down. Brother Branham said it this way, to everything that Jesus died for. He said he died his death there at the cross and gave his life that you might have the legal rights for every redemptive blessing. John sees a bloody lamb in Revelation chapter 5. 
But he sees, he sees a bloody lamb, but not a defenseless lamb. A lamb who has seven horns and seven eyes. And Brother Branham tells us that the seven horns are the seven church ages. And the seven eyes are the seven messengers. And he says that in the breach. He said the seven horns was the seven churches, the seven church ages. He said because that was the lamb's protection. Oh my. Another place he calls it the power. And that was the lamb's protection. What he protected his rights with on earth. Now that's, a, that's a strange lamb. You think of a lamb as meek and mild, and he was. But he, but he has rights, and he protects those rights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for a bloody lamb? Oh, yeah. Aren't you glad for a lamb that, uh, that still has mercy? Amen. On those that will reach out for it, on those who will call for it, there's still mercy for you today. I don't care what you've done or where you've been or what kind of a past you've had. There's still mercy there for you. There's still something. That lamb is still bleeding. John sees a bloody lamb. The, the, the one, the elder turned around and said, he said, now, he said, I want you to see the lion of the tribe of Judah have prevailed. But when John looked, hallelujah, he saw a lamb, bloody lamb. One with mercy, one with grace. Amen. I'm so glad because I still need it every day. I don't know about you, but I still have to repent. I still have to call out to God. I still need his mercy. I still need his healing power. I still need that blood every day. What did he protect his rights with? Now watch, it was the horns of seven church ages. And Brother Branham put it this way. He said, what he protected his rights with on earth was a God-sent group of people. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Especially because there's lots of people who've given up on the rights of the Lamb. Who've, who've taken away His rights. Who've formed denominations. But there's got to be a special God-sent group of people that protect the horn on the Lamb. Yeah. Amen. Now, what, what are these rights that the Lamb has? And, and, you know, when you know his, what his rights are, in order to know that, you have to know who he is. Because he's not just another person. But he has certain rights because of who he is, just like you do today. You have certain rights as an American citizen. You have certain rights and, and privileges because of the state and the place that you live in. He has certain rights. Number one, he is God. Now, I think we could say amen to that today. Brother Brown said when the virgin birth came on, he said that was a paradox. How that God, in order to make himself known to man, I'm so glad he wanted to make himself known. He became man. And he said, how that God, the great spirit, he said, God to me was before. There wasn't even a light. There wasn't a meteor. There wasn't an atom. There wasn't a molecule. There wasn't anything and everything was God. He said, that's how great he is. He is from eternity through eternity. Don't lose your sense of the awesomeness of God, of the greatness of God. And in, in modern Christianity, they've broken down that sense of awesomeness. We ought to, when we come in the house of God, we ought to get a sense that God is awesome, that anything is possible. Because this is the almighty God that is able to perform what he promised. And he's able to do what he promised he would do. Not some dead God that died 50 years ago or 500 years ago, but a God that is able. A God that filled all time and space. And Brother Branham said that that God, oh, <laughs> Amen. 
He said, that's how great he is. And that God, he is from eternity, through eternity. He always was God. He always will be God. He said, and how the greatest of all life. Now watch. He said, but that great God, does he care about me this morning? Is there there a thought in his heart towards me? Can, Can he tell that I'm burdened? Can he tell that there's something going on in my life? Can he tell that I've made a mistake? Is he, is he listening? Is he watching? But the brother said that great God, the greatest of all life, became a little small germ in the womb of a woman. In order to take his own law. <laughs> that may not mean anything to you, but that God who fills all time and space became a germ in the womb of a woman in order to take his own law. He didn't send a second person or a third person, but he came down, changed his mask. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to have to stop and pray for a while. Doesn't it make you feel unworthy sometimes? Makes you feel that God would do that, would come down and be one of us who filled all space and time and God was manifested in the flesh. How the great God of heaven changed his strain. Now, if you watch the papers today, especially here a few months ago when the Delta strain come out of coronavirus, you remember that? Yeah. If you go and watch that, if you Google change his strain, you'll find, you'll find articles about that, that, that there was actually the virus changed its strain to be something else. Brother Branham said God changed his strain. Come from being God to be man through the virgin birth. He said, nobody can figure it out. But see, God, he was the word. And the word is the instructions from God. And I, I don't want to get too far into this this morning. But you understand that God put something in his DNA. He was the word in his very being. And, and God, that DNA was manifested in the flesh. It, was, it wasn't from man. He didn't get it from his mother, from his father on the earth. He got it from God. Every bit of it come from God. God was manifested in the flesh. He changed his strain. Come from being God to be man through the virgin birth. He said, nobody can figure it out. He said, but science today can't tell you how that virgin birth was. But God did it as he came. He said, no one was able. Everyone was sexually born. He said, one man the same as the rest of them. No one could help the other one. We was all in trouble. Oh, we can stop and preach there for a while. We was all in trouble. There's nothing worse than a self-righteous spirit. We were all in trouble. The worst sinner in Simon's house, the Pharisee's house, was Simon. He didn't think that he was, but he was actually the worst sinner in the house. Because when Christ came in, he refused to welcome him. He refused to recognize him. But a prostitute from outside, she saw that there was something that needed to be done. The lamb had a right to be worshipped. The lamb had a right to have his feet washed. The lamb had a right to be welcomed in the house of God. And because the lamb, amen, because he had a right, she washed his feet. She said, I'm not worthy. But she didn't look at who she was. She took the money that she'd gotten through ill-gotten gains and come down to his feet and begin to wash his feet. Amen. You talk about emotional. She washed his feet with her tears. How long has it been since you cried them kind of tears? <laughs> but Jesus said, because she'd been forgiven much. <laughs> I was raised on a church pew. I was raised in the message. But I've been forgiven much. And, and so when I come in his presence, 
The tears begin to come because I know I've been forgiven much. I know what I was. I know what I could have been. I know the DNA that runs in my family. Even being a prude, there's bad DNA that runs in my side of it anyway. There's some, there's some stuff there that you don't want to know about. But I know what he did for me. I know what he kept me from. I know. Hallelujah. I wonder if you could say that today. I know what he kept me from. I know what the, the power of God that changed my life. I know what God did. I know who he is. Amen. They can't talk you out of that. Amen. You can't talk Moses out of a burning bush. Amen. 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 You remember, you remember when Moses had the burning bush experience. Brother Baron talks about that, and I'm getting off my notes here, but we'll come back in a minute. Y'all just got one service, right? We'll come back in a minute. But, but Moses was, uh, here he was at the burning bush, and Brother Branham says about that, he said that, he said actually preachers could come and steal your memory of the event. How many remembers when God came and touched your life? Huh? Now look, for some of you, the details might get fuzzy, especially if it's been a long time ago. I've seen people who were unable in the grasp of their memory. Their mind didn't work like it used to, but there was still something there. You see, Brother Branham said they might be able to steal the memory of it, but they can't steal the change. <laughs> they might. They might tell you that you can't be born again. They might tell you that you're no different. They might tell you that it was just an emotional experience. They might tell you that it wasn't nothing from God. But I was there in a basement when God changed my life. I was there in that room when he gave me the Holy Ghost. I've been there. I know what it's like to feel his power. I know what it's like to have his, his word moving in my life. I know what it is to be changed. They may steal the memory. I may not be able to tell it the same way twice, but they can't steal the change. They can't take that away from me. Hallelujah. Oh, we might as well have church this morning. Hey Amen. We was all in trouble. Hey Amen. But God himself came down and was born not of a Jew, not of a Gentile, but his blood was God. He said the blood comes from the male sex. In this case, it was God. God, the creator, created the blood cell in the womb of Mary and built himself a tabernacle that he himself came down and lived in it. Oh, my. Brother Brennan was praying in Shalom. He said, we know that in a drama, they change masks. They come from one thing to another. And that's what you did. You come from the spirit. God, the great Jehovah, put on the mask of a human being. Changed your strain. He said, you pitched your tent. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he pitched his tent beside mine. Amen. You come down from God and became man that you might die to redeem man. You changed your mask. But he didn't stop there. He said, then again. You've changed it. And you've masked yourself into the people who will believe. Will you believe today? You've masked yourself. And that's who he protects his rights with is those who will believe and act out according to the word that that you have written here. 
The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus in Philippians 2.5. He said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. I got to thinking about that. You know, if I could create myself a life, what kind of a life would I create? I'd create myself more money for one. I'd be a little taller, have more hair. I'd be able to eat what I wanted to, never get sick. Be one of you skinny guys with lots of hair. If I could create myself a body, I'd come as a doctor or a lawyer with a family of a great name. Maybe not a lawyer, but something else. (laughs) Somebody's got a good name. (laughs) If I could create myself a body, maybe I'd come as a Pruitt. (laughs) You think about it. What kind of a body would you create? He created himself an everyday body. A baby that had to be washed and taken care of and nursed at his mama's breast. He didn't create himself a full-born man. He didn't create himself some kind of superhuman. But he created, he made himself flesh and was born into a manger, into a cave, into swaddling clothes, there with, with animals to witness his birth, there with shepherds. Say amen. That would witness and tell the the people that he was born. He was born into our world. And that way he made himself of no reputation. If I was coming, I'd make myself a reputation better than the one I have now. But when he came, he actually made himself of no reputation. And he said, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow or of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I got to looking at that one day and, and Brother Branham said, he said, he said, I'm standing here. I'm not worthy to pray for the people. But he said he gave me the rights to his name. That's right. he did. Hallelujah. He said, as a Christian, not just as a prophet, he gave you the rights to sign his name on a checkbook. Are you still with me this morning? At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Things in heaven and things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is God. But he was also the second Adam. He's the son of God. Now look, Adam was the son of God. We find that in Luke 3, 38. He said he was the son of God. Adam was the son of God. Now, Brother Branham says we see something that was lost here. Because the Bible said so. He said in, in the book here that has redeemed us. He said, what are we redeemed from? Something we must have lost. You see, he had to come because he didn't come for himself. The rights that the lamb has... Is the rights that we have. That we possess. But we couldn't get them. We couldn't save ourselves. But the lamb came. Laid aside his splendor. And came down. Condescended to come into our world. And beat one of us. And actually lose every right that he had. To take on the rights of a man. But you see he had the rights that Adam lost. And he come to buy them back for us. 
Now watch. Something we must have lost. He said, before you can be redeemed, there must be something that redeemed us back. And all the inheritance that we had has been redeemed back. And we must have had something one time that we do not have now. But this lamb come to redeem. He said, we had something that we was lost from. He said, notice, what did we lose? Well, it was given to Adam to have eternal life. (laughs) That's a right. right. Amen. The right of eternal life. Adam had eternal life. As long as he eat from the tree, he had eternal life. And we notice again that Adam would inherit the earth. He was like an amateur god over the earth. He said the earth was his. Everything was given unto his hand. He could do with it whatever he wanted to. He named it and called it, done whatever he wanted to. He was truly a son of God. He said now in the fall, Adam forfeited the title deed to that. He forfeited it to Satan. Satan took the title deed. He said Adam was very slothful. And he did not redeem his rights. For he could not redeem his rights. I believe that could be said about all of us before our conversion. Before we were born again. Before we received the token of the Holy Ghost. I believe it could be said that all of us were very slothful. When you see people that are very slothful about the, about the rights of the Lamb. They're very slothful about taking back what, what, the, what God gave them. You find that many times it's because they've never really come face to face with him. They've never really had an experience with him. Because they're very slothful. Adam was very slothful and he could not redeem his rights. But to Today, the rights have already been redeemed. You don't have to do it. You have to benefit from it. You get to benefit from it. But to do that, you have to receive his spirit. Now watch. He is the son of God. He is the kinsman redeemer. Redemption was a right reserved to the near kinsman. You see, when you lost property in the Old Testament, you lost every right that you had except one. And the one right was reserved not in you, but in the kinsman redeemer. And that was the right of redemption. You lost the rights to enjoy it. You lost the rights to benefit from it, to, to, to pull the produce off of it. You lost the rights to sit under your vine and your fig tree, to sit out there and like maybe you would be a hunter and you would hunt on the land. But if you lose your rights to it, you lose your right to hunt. You lose your right to till the land. You lose your right to live on it. But the right of redemption was still there. But it was vested in the near kinsman. Amen. And Jesus had to come with the right of redemption. You'll find that in Jeremiah 32, 7, that the right of redemption goes to the near kinsman. But the Bram said, that's the reason John wept. He said, because if no one could get that book, all creation, everything was gone. She would just simply turn back to atoms and molecules and cosmic light, not even be creation, person, nothing else. He said, because Adam lost the rights of that book. He forfeited it when he listened to his wife. (laughs) We'll just go on. He said he forfeited it when he listens to his wife and she listened to Satan's reasonings. (laughs) Some of us need to listen to our wives more often. Praise God. I got to quit. I get too comfortable. I'll start getting in pastor mode. That wouldn't be good. We won't do that. (laughs) But look, it couldn't go back. He lost it. It couldn't go back into the dirty hands of Satan. Who tempted her out of the way. So therefore it went back to the original owner. He said like any abstract deed would do. I spent 15 years in the abstract deed industry. Title insurance industry. And I was always happy when we could find the original owner. Because sometimes you can't. The records are just gone. There's no way. And if 
you cannot find the original owner. Then there's no way to get the property cleared up without doing some kind of major lawsuit to quiet the title because there's no way to run all the way back to the beginning. But if you can find the original owner, even if the original owner has died, it goes on down through his relatives and there might be somebody living in some some other nation somewhere, some other state somewhere that has the authority to sign a deed and they don't even know they have it because they got that. They are the descendants of the original owner. Listen, when the book was lost, it goes back. It goes back into the hands. Listen, you may have been so lost. You may have been a drunk. You may have been a drug addict. You may have been out beyond every hope of, of life at all. You may have been in a place that you couldn't even see your way back from. You may have thought you'd never come back to church, but you were in the hands of the original owner. Even when you were backslid, even when you weren't, when you were against God, when you were doing whatever it is that you wanted to do, you were still in his hands. You are never, the elect of God is never out of his hands. Never out of his hands. Oh, that ought to be a revelation to us this morning. You are never out of his hands. Adam lost the rights, but it did not go back just into the ether somewhere, but it went back to the original hands of the owner. Satan didn't have the rights. He was just a squatter, but God Almighty held it in his hands. And the ownership was never lost. (laughs) Amen. There was a chain of possession from the Almighty who became the lamb, and he passed it to his hands. Amen. You're still in his hands. The same God that delivered you from sin, that same God can heal you today. That same God can bring revival to your heart and to your spirit because you're in his hands. Amen. The original owner means it's redeemable. The rights are vested in the original owner. Now, Brother Branham said there's a price, and that's redemption. There's some price for redemption, because nobody could do it. So he made his laws, his own laws of a kinsman redeemer. He said then they could find nobody. Every man was born of sex, born after sexual desire. He was in the original sin, Satan and Eve, so he could not do it. There's nothing in him. No holy pope, priest, doctor, divinity, whoever he might be, he would be nobody worthy. He couldn't be an angel because it had to be a kinsman. He had to be a man. Then God himself become a kinsman. By taking on a human flesh through the virgin birth, he shed his blood. He said that wasn't the blood of a Jew. It wasn't the blood of a Gentile. It was the blood of God. The Bible said we're saved through the blood of God. Amen. He purchased us. That's where Brother Adam gets that from the scripture. Paul says he purchased us with his own blood. Amen. Amen. You see, the rights of the lamb are Adam's rights. Therefore, they're your rights. Paul states your legal status in Romans 8, 16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And we know you're a child of God today. I'm a son or daughter of God. I've never been out of his hands. Amen. And join heirs. He said if children, then we're heirs. Paul uses the legal reasoning that if, if we're children, then we're heirs by law, by, by legal. We have legal rights to the promises. We're heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. It would so be that we suffer with him and we may be also glorified together. Now notice, so he not only had the rights of who he was, and I'm trying to hurry through this this morning. You just bear with me. I won't hold you very long. I'll tell you I'm closing three times. The third one is the charm. But he said when he took the form of man, he took the rights of man, not for himself, but for us. Amen. Now look, again, as we said, we have a, a bill of rights as Americans, but where's our rights? Right here. 
as Christians. Some of us need to read the Bible and find out what we've been given. You see, you have a right as a Christian to eternal life. What that means is that you shouldn't, if you've been born again, if you haven't been born again, you need to be born again. You must be born again. But if you're born again, you shouldn't let the devil come in and beat you around. What he's doing is working in your memory, working in your conscience, working in something else. But he said, if you're, God is greater than your conscience. He's greater than your heart. He's able to come in and actually speak to you and reveal to you the word of God. See, many people have added so many things to the message of the hour that it becomes a burden that they themselves cannot bear and so they're actually under the burden of themselves but what you ought to do is find out what rights you have you have a right to eternal life I don't care what the devil says why because John 10 28 he said I give unto them eternal life and we find out, he said, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Titus 1, 2, we find out that was always was. He said, in hope of eternal life. That hope is expectation of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. You believe he cannot lie this morning? He cannot lie. That God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Amen. The lamb was slain, but he had a right to eternal life. And he come up on the third day and gave that right back to us. Look, right, right to healing. The Bible says he heals all thy diseases. I'm tired of people telling me, well, you, you just want to go back to Pentecost. You want to be healed. I have a right to that. And that's the lamb's right. He paid for that. They put stripes on his back. I don't want to give that up meekly. I don't want to walk away from that right to healing. The lamb has that right. Amen. Notice, he said, he heals all thy diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth, mouth with good things. Those are your rights. Yes. Amen. Huh. It's time you stood up for your rights. Well, but you know, I got to make a living. I got a right to make a living as, a, as an American. But it's time you stood up for your rights as a Christian. Yes. I got a right to be healed. And I'm going to show up until the symptoms go away. I got a right to receive the Holy Ghost and I'm going to pray until, until I've been changed. I got a right to, to worship God in the freedom without the burden of depression in my life, without the burden of suicidal thoughts, without the burden of, uh, of besetting sin. I've got a right to those things. Amen. And I believe I've got a right and I'll be there at the throne of God until I realize my rights. The devil wants to take them away. I'm going to protest. You try to take rights away from a union. What are they going to do? They're going to stand there. They're going to strike. They're going to get out there and protest and everything else. But they take, try to take the rights away from the people of God. Many times they sit there and say, well, it's okay. It's just the age we live in. No, it's not. It's not the age we live in. It's time we stood up for our rights. <laughs> the problem is the age. The problem is us. I tell you what age we live in. We live in what Brother Brown called the bride time. The end of the Laodicean age, but it's the bride time. It's time for you and I to raise up and say, hey, it's my hour. <laughs> Y'all are tired from that. All them hay rides yesterday. Too much chili. Bless God. I had a right to eat it. I did too. <laughs> but today I'm going to stand for my rights to be in the house of God. I heard of a lady who was 
who was deaf. She couldn't hear nothing. She kept going to church. I asked her, said, why, why do you go? She said, well, I just want the devil to know whose side I'm on. <laughs> I may not get my child, but I know you young mothers. We've got a bunch of them in our church that young mothers that just seem like fight the babies the whole time in the nursery. Maybe some of you sitting in the nursery today and you're fighting that and you think, I, I haven't really sat in a church service in a long time, but you've got a right just like everybody else does to go to the house of God. And God has a right to be worshipped from the nursery. God has a right to be worshipped from the balcony. He has a right to be worshipped, not just from the front rows. He's got a right to be worshipped by young people, but he's got a right to be worshipped by old people. He's got a right to be worshipped by preachers. He's got a right. Amen. He's got a right. Amen. He's got a right. You never pass the age where God won't give you the right to healing, the right to salvation. Amen. 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 Brother Branham said, now he talked about healing. He said, here's the next thing I want to say is this. He said, don't wait for a healing campaign in your city to be healed. All right. Listen to this. He said, your pastor or your neighbor, neighbor. that's a Christian, has just as much legal rights yeah. from God to pray for you as anybody on the face of the earth. He said, it don't have to wait till somebody comes along with a healing campaign. He said, those men just stimulate faith. He said, God never intended all these great campaigns sweeping across the nation. He expected that to be in every church, every pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bible says, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And real true Christians down through the ages have stood for that right. They were the power of God, the horn, the defense of the lamb in the age that they lived in. To stand for the right of healing. You have a right to peace. The Bible says there's peace that passes all understanding and it'll keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You have a right to joy. <laughs> tired of people telling me to be a message believer, you've got to be miserable. I've tried that. It's not fun. <laughs> Listen, if you're miserable, you're miserable. It's just a, uh, it, all you do is make yourself a twofold child of hell by prostrating yourself to the message. But you got a right to be joyful. <laughs> you got a right. The Bible says that right goes all the way back. You know, we have created rights and we have rights that, as I said, are inherent. Those rights go all the way back before time. Because the Bible says the sons of God shouted together for joy. That's a right. Psalms 5.11 says, let all those that put their trust in thee. How many trust him this morning? Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Psalms 32, 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous. Shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Psalms 132, 16, I will clothe her priests with salvation. Her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Brother Branham says this, he said, when the great shepherd was smitten, I know these are things that you know, but I just want to include them here because we have the rights to these things. He said, when the great shepherd was smitten, the great sheep prophet, when he was smitten back there, he said, it is finished. And that minute, as soon as this shepherd was smitten, it was over. Hallelujah. Sin is settled. There was no more sin. They were clean. You believe it this morning. The penalty was paid. The believers whose names were written in the book of life, predestined from the foundation of the world, it was finished the very minute Jesus said it was finished. He said that great shepherd come for his sheep, it was finished. God's right hand was pulled from his bosom, smitten. 
Then on Easter, he returned it, amen, raised it up again to his bosom and extended it down to you and I in the form of his word to redeem us back to the original garden from which sin took us from. He said the hidden secret of his great heart was revealed by a prophet shepherd. It was revealed by a shepherd. He said, no wonder the mountains jumped and shouted on that day. (laughs) Nobody understood it. Why would it happen? Why did the, the, the mountains, why was there an earthquake? Why did the, the moon become blood and all those things? And Brother Random at different times will say that he died until that happened and it was such a dreadful thing. But here he says it was a joy. He said they seen the prophet shepherd. He said, no wonder. He said the sun hit its face and screamed for joy. No wonder all nature broke loose. The wind shook the trees until they shook and shook and joyed and jumped. He said they seen the prophet shepherd on the mountain redeem every name in the book of life. And they seen that their own nature was redeemed. They screamed and jumped. Are you still with me this morning? The world went into an earthquake. The mountains rent. The rocks fell out. And the sun went down. He said, and everything taking place like any meeting. He said, when the shepherd reveals to you that it's finished. He said, I've seen jumping spells and joy spells, but there was nobody hurt. And he typed that to that day. He said, there was an earthquake, but no one was hurt. He said, I've seen it, but no one was hurt. And he said, they were free from the world. It was revealed to the people that they were free from the world. And the things of the world and the joy of the Lord filled the congregation. I got a right to that. Amen. Amen. I got enough wet blankets. I'm tired of wet blankets. Putting out every little spark. Are you with me this morning? I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm tired of wet blankets putting out every spot. And sometimes it's me because my body don't feel like it. <laughs> so, well, man, I, today I had a long day yesterday, kind of sick and not feeling too good. I'm trying not to get in your face today. You know, the lamb has a right. Listen, he has a right to hear you speak his word. He has a right to hear you say his name. Where did we ever get the idea that the only place you could pray in church was in front of the pulpit? Or behind the pulpit. He, he got a right to hear his name from your lips. You say, well, the preacher says his name every Sunday morning, but he's got a right. Hey, Amen. I want to give him what he deserves today. Man, he's got a right to be for these things. And that's our job is to protect these rights. Now... Brother Branham said he never did see anything disorderly. They was always right in order because they had recognized that their name that had been written on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Now, how do we protect those rights? Well, he told us in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So he's telling you how his rights are going to be protected down through the church ages. And if you look at those seven spirits of God, that spirit of God, he said, is one spirit of God manifested in seven men. But he said it doesn't change. It's the exact same spirit at the end that it is at the beginning. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Notice what the lamb does. He goes back to his intercessory box. He left his little group on the earth to protect his rights. Amen. Don't try to take those rights away. (laughs) Now look, Brother Branham come in our hour and And he showed us that those rights had been restored. What had been restored? He said we had the right. He said any group of people, any gathering of holiness people, that's people that live right. 
believe in Christ has the right to have the nine spiritual gifts. We have a right to the original manna. Brother Random said the priest said on down through time had a right to have a taste. Hallelujah. Of the, oh my, oh as a preacher, I want, I want to have a taste of the original manna. And I got a right to have a taste of that manna this morning. Amen. He said worms couldn't get in it. That's the problem with some people. The worms have gotten their manna. That's why they don't want to eat it. But I got a right to the original manna. Amen. And he said, well, how beautiful it is. He said, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell down from heaven, our manna, after we come through the blood and have been saved and cleansed from our sins, he said, and the Holy Ghost fell, brother. He said, Peter said, on the day of Pentecost, it's for you and for your children and for them that's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And Brother Branham said this. He said, every person that enters into the baptism of the Spirit can have the same kind of Holy Ghost that they got on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The Brandon makes a statement that no man has a right to preach the gospel until he's met God on the backside of the desert. I got a revelation one day that, that man, I had a right to preach the gospel if I had met God on the backside of the desert. And God called me to do it. I, 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 I would dare a man to try to take those rights away from the true church of God. He has no right to do that. I got a right to preach. Not because I'm worthy of it, but because the Lamb has rights. If he wanted to set up church a certain way, that's his right. It's just my job to enforce it. Amen. <laughs> this is how we enforce our rights. Brother Branham said to restore. Give me about five or ten more minutes and we're through. That's my first warning. To restore means to bring back or to restore. He said a claim can be enforced now to bring back anything. Bring anything back to its rightful owner where it belongs. He said therefore some way it went away from its rightful owner and can wander around anywhere. And that's why you begin to have a mind battle. You begin to think, well, if I was a Christian, I wouldn't have done that. Or if I was seed, rather, if I was the seed of God, I wouldn't have done that. You better be careful with that. Because look at some of the people Jesus came to. Look at the woman at the well. She'd done some pretty bad things. But she had representation in her heart. And Brother Brown said, when that wanders away from its rightful owner, it can wander around anywhere. But to restore is to bring it back to real. who really owns it. Amen. Aren't you glad you've been restored back to the person, to the original owner who really owns you? To bring it back to its natural estate where it wasn't the first time. Bring it back into its natural condition. He said, and in order to do this, we have a right to enforce. If there's a law to enforce this rightful condition of restoration. <laughs> there's a right in, in our Bill of Rights called the habeas corpus. It's let us have the body. What it means is that you have a right to a speedy trial. Someone come down there and caught you poaching deer, fishing, fishing without a license. Some, I know you'd never do anything else, but those are common message sins, you know. <laughs> I thought I'd cover all of you this morning. <laughs> In the South, we don't like to pay for licenses, you know. But here, if, if he caught you like that, and the game warden grabs a hold of you. He says, I got a jail cell for you. He said, I, I, there's a fine for this, but I'm just going to throw you in the prison, throw you in the jail. He goes down there and he throws you in the jail and locks the door and walks away. What would you do? Well, the man had a gun. Wasn't right to shoot him. But he locked you up. Now look, he's took away all your rights. He's got you locked up in prison. But there's a law. There's a bill of rights that says he can't keep the body without presenting it before the judge. Yeah, that's right, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, 
Don't you see where the church ages were? Don't you see where the ages were, where denominational ages had been? They'd been in a place where where the body had been kept in prison in denominational ages. But this is the hour, amen, when the judge came. Hallelujah, when the judge of the earth came and he come down on our hour and, and, he, and he spoke and he said, show me the body. Let us have the body. Show me. Hallelujah. Let me see the body. You don't have a right to hold them. Listen, Satan does not have a right to hold you indefinitely. Amen. He doesn't have a right to hold you in fear, to hold you in sickness, to hold you in sin. He has no right to hold you there, to keep you in prison. There's a law bigger. Hallelujah. There's a law bigger than the law that brought you in there. There's a law bigger. Hallelujah. There's a law bigger than the sin that brought you into the prison. There's a law that says, I have a right to be released. I have a right to stand before the judge and let my rights be judged by the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. I got a right, amen, and I got an attorney who will write a letter to him and say, judge, we have a man that's been kept up in sin. It's time that he was released. Hallelujah. We have a right to enforce, if there's a law, to enforce this rightful condition of restoration. He said, like if somebody stole some property and they're holding the property captive, you can go take the law and go to this person. And the law enforces this person to restore this property back to its natural owner into its liable first estate. Enforce, he said, then we have the privilege to enforce upon Satan the claims that God give us. Hallelujah. Because you're not really doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the lamb. Quit letting the devil beat you up. Say, well, we'll give some rights back to the devil just to be fair. No, you're not doing it for yourself. You're here as an agent of the lamb. Hallelujah. Enforce those rights. Enforce those claims upon Satan. Say, give it back, and he has to do it. He said, because we can take God's agent, the Holy Spirit, go right down on our knees and say, it's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. He's got to give it up, that's all. Because the Holy Spirit is there to make him do it. Amen. He said, for God has a law. He said his word is, is his law. God in this word made certain claims to the church. Therefore, we have a right to force those claims upon Satan and say, give it back, and he has to do it. We can take God's agent, Holy Spirit, go right down our knees and say, it's thus saith the Lord. He's got to give it up, that's all, because the Holy Spirit is there to make him do it. He said the law of the land is to enforce. It's by the land, for the land. But the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan to give up that which he has unrightfully, deceitfully taken from God. Souls of men. Remember, he didn't have a right to your children. He didn't have a right to your body. He didn't have a right. He took it deceitfully. Listen, if somebody come in your house this afternoon and stole your new truck, stole your gun, stole your uh, the, the, the deer off your walls, if someone come in and took away everything that you had, what would you do? You would go down to the law immediately. You'd call them up and say, hey, I, somebody stole some stuff from me. I have a right to enforce that these things be brought back to me. And you have a right to call the law this morning and enforce every right to every claim that the devil places against you. Whatever day the devil stole from you, you have a right to get it back. Brother Branham said, souls of men he took from God, souls of women, children, sickness of the body he placed upon people where God made them in his image to be like him. And the church is given the rightful legal rights by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce this upon him. Amen. Now we defend all the Lamb's rights with an open book. In our age, they could only defend what the eye could see in that horn of that age. 
But today, we've, all the loose ends have been tied up. We've got the rights to all of it. Brother Brandon put it this way. He said, we've got that. Speaking of Pentecost, we've got that plus. But we've got that. But we've got plus. Hey, man, do you believe he has a right to be worshipped today? You'll find that in Revelation 5, 8 through 14. And I'm closing, second morning. <laughs> You'll find that. And he talks about how that every creature, everything begin to worship God and say with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to what? To receive power. <laughs> to have his rights enforced on the earth. Worthy is the lamb to have a horn on the earth today, a power, a group of people that will enforce his rights, that will defend his rights, that will stand for his rights, that will protect his rights. He's worthy to, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Do you believe he's worthy today? Amen. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them. He said, heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Brother Branham said about that when they all began to worship him. He said, John worshiped him so much till he said every creature in heaven and the earth underneath the earth heard me saying. He said, blessings, glory, power, wisdom might be to the lamb. He, he said the worship time for the king lamb. But listen, what is he becoming now? Look, look what the age that we live in. We live at the end of the end. When the lamb is slain, he walked forward from eternity. Brother Branham said, out of the father's throne, he said, took his rights. He said, when he took his rights, it was a judgment seat. And he become not a lamb, but a lion, a king. And he calls for his queen to come stand by his side. Musicians, go ahead and come. I'm going to close on this. Kept my word. Three warnings. Look. He calls for the queen. You remember when Vashti wouldn't come? The king stood there and said, I want to see my wife. I want her to stand by my side. She said, I ain't going to come. I got better things to do. I can come to church today. I got better things to do. The, de- the devil has worked really hard to make it a habit for people to stream and not go to church. And there's nothing wrong with streaming. I've got people, that's all the church they have is just stream our services. But listen, you need to be in the house of God. You say, well, I, I can get all I need, but it's not about what you need. What does the lamb need? You see, the lamb has a right for you to be part of a local body. I know there's some that, that can't physically do it, but there's something in their heart. They would do anything to take your place. But you get in a place where you're like, you're like Vashti. You say, well, I, I'll take it or leave it. I'll come when I want to. But the king got rid of Vashti. And he found him a wife who would come to him. She didn't even wait to be called. She'd come to him. And Brother Branham said, this is the hour when the king calls for his queen. Come stand by his side. I believe that's the hour we're living in. One day he's going to make that final call. We're going to go home. Amen. <laughs> that final call. But I believe in this time, during this, during this last age, he's calling. Queen, come stand by my side. Yeah. Protect my rights. I need a people. I want to see a people on the earth who will protect my rights. Yes. Listen, this is my picket line. This is where I protest. You tried to take gun rights away from Southerners, you'd have the biggest protest, biggest trouble on your hands in the world. I thank God for that. 
But this is my picket line. This is where I show where I'm standing. This is where I protest against the enemy. I don't, I, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. This is my picket line. This is where I protest to protect the rights of the Lamb. Hallelujah. See, he has a right to move in our midst. He has a right to have the people who live clean lives. He has a right. Now think of it, each one of you personally in your life, he has a right to you without all those things that stand in the way of you coming when he calls. Yes, you have a right to be free, but he has a right for you to be free. He has a right to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. You say, well, how, how do I enforce that right this morning, Brother Ben? Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Would you bow your heads with me? I thought about the Marquis de Lafayette when he come to France from France. He come to fight in the Revolutionary War because he recognized a noble cause. He laid down the rights of his nobility as a Frenchman, and he come and was wounded in the battle of American Revolution and fought and eventually become a general on his own merit. He come and laid aside all the rights that he had as a young nobleman. Because he believed in a cause. I wonder today if we could lay down our rights. You see, we don't come to an altar to, to get something. We come to give something up. If you completely surrender, he's promised to fill you. He's promised to give you. But you keep standing there and say, well, I got a right to have a family. I got a right to be married. I got a right to, I got a right to hunt. I got a right to fish. I got a right to do all these things. But what about his rights? Brother Ben, I got, I got a right. I, I had to be out at a certain time to watch the NFL game, but, but what about his rights? Right, <laughs> he has a right to be worshipped by his queen. He has a right to be welcomed, not just in the church, but into your home, into your life. Would you stand for his rights today? Now look, in your life, how do you do that? Well, you take up your cross. A man named Simon one day. He stood on, at the crossroads. He didn't know why he was there. He stood at the crossroads and he didn't know what, was, what would take place. and Just standing there. Maybe he was in town on some sort of business. And standing at the crossroads, he hears a thump, thump, thump coming up the road. You see the man walking up the road. Stumbles. Right in front of him, he falls. And before time began, God knew that he would, he would, he would immorphe himself. He would take on the mask of human frailty. And God, in, 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 in that man, it wasn't God that fell. God can't fall. But as a man, he fell. The body of Christ fell. And when it did, Simon just happened to be standing there. I read this one time and I thought, God, I want to view my ministry like that. I don't want a great ministry. I just want to be standing there. When the body of Christ is weak, 
When there's a need, let me be standing there. He didn't even know what it was for. But a Roman soldier pointed him out of the crowd and he said, you carry his cross. And he walked over and he picked it up. See, you've been picked out of the crowd. You were born in a message home maybe. Go to a good church. You've been picked out of a crowd. You've been elected by God before the foundation of the world. You carry his cross this morning. Say, well, the pastor does it. Someone else does it. But when the body of Christ is weak, when it seems like the enemy comes in like a flood and he tries to take away our rights, let me be one who stands like Simon and said, I'll carry the cross. I'll be one who takes my position. How do you do that? By surrendering your rights. Would you raise your hands to him if you just say, Lord, I surrender my rights today. I surrender my rights. Everything that I am, all that I am, all that I want to be, all my, all my potential, everything, all, all my work. Maybe I have a job that keeps me away from the house of God, but I, today I surrender my rights, Lord. Maybe I have a, uh, something, I'm not doing it because a preacher said so, but the lamb has a right to be worshipped. The lamb has a right to be talked to. Maybe you're too embarrassed to speak up and, and tell your neighbor about Christ. Maybe you're too embarrassed even to raise your hands at church, but you can raise your hand now and say, Lord, I surrender that embarrassment. I surrender that, that, that sin that so easily besets me. I surrender all these things that have come in my life. Lord, let me be a protector of your rights today. I give mine away voluntarily so that you can come. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Refill me with your Holy Spirit. And let me just be a bystander standing there when the body of Christ is weak so I can fill my place and do my part. Heavenly Father, Lord, I see hands raised across the building. Maybe some of those streaming this morning. Lord, perhaps some of those at home, as I think of them this morning, in the presence of God right now, maybe in their home, say, Lord, I, I give myself away to you, Lord. I give up all my rights, everything that I am, to the Lamb. I'm going to defend his rights today to worship. No one else does, I'm going to. I'm going to defend his rights to have a young man that lives godly in this present world. A young woman, a, a couple, an older family. I'm going to defend his rights to a preacher. It'll give it everything he's got. Maybe you don't have what somebody else has. But if he's standing there when the body of Christ is weak. Oh God, would you just help him today? Help me, Lord. My hands are raised. I surrender, Lord. All that I am. Every day, Lord. Paul said, I die daily. Let that be me, Lord. Every day I surrender myself to the cross I have to carry. I surrender myself not to my own ambitions, not to my own DNA, my, my makeup. Lord, but I break those cycles today by the power of your Holy Spirit and surrender myself to the Spirit of God. I pray you grant it today. Lord, may there be just a sincerity in our lives and a solemnness. We'll know, Lord, that you did it for us. Lord, we may not have the memory anymore, but we can go back to the moment yes. we change. Grant it, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could sing that, let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. 
just sing and raise our hands to him. Now's the worship time. You've given up everything you surrendered by raising your hands. It's a universal sign of surrender. Now you say, Lord, now's the time. I know you want to be worshipped. I don't feel worthy, but I know you want to be worshipped today. I know you deserve. The Lamb is worthy. Oh, give myself away.
give an opportunity this morning if you haven't given yourself to him you haven't surrendered your rights to the lamb won't you come this morning and surrender your rights amen stand up for the rights of the lamb there's brothers here that'll pray for you amen maybe you want to just take this moment to find something in your heart Lord I want to give more of myself to you Surrender yourself to Him. Hallelujah. So Yeah. 